Welcome to In Season, where we explore the connections between people, land, plants, and wildlife in the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Retzloff, and I'm flying solo for this show because I wanted to have a, a more in-depth talk about helping our plants adapt to extreme weather conditions. And it's something that's been coming up more and more, I think, in certainly in my experience as a farmer here on the North Oregon coast for the last couple of decades. Um, I, you know, and when we talk about extreme weather events, it, we're not talking about, oh, it gets cold or it gets hot. It has always gotten cold. We've had freezes, we've had snow, we've had um, you know, lots of cold, cold weather and cold winters in the decades that I've lived here. And we've had lots of really hot days too. And so it isn't that these temperatures are necessarily unusual or extraordinary, but what we're seeing happen more and more is some really abrupt transitions or just a, a spikes of cold or spikes of heat where we're having temperatures kind of hovering around a certain thing, a certain thing for a little bit, and then boom, all of a sudden it either drops down and we have an ice storm or there's a freeze or heat spike. You know, maybe it's a heat dome like we had a couple years ago that was terrible and it was over 100 degrees in most parts of this region, which is just unprecedented. I mean, it was 108 at my farm in only that year. And it was crazy. I've never seen temperatures like that before. And what's weird about it is, and what's challenging not just for us, because that's some pretty extreme weather, but for our plants, the plants that we take care of, and, and our animals too, but I'm mostly just talking about plants here. That's those temperature swings that are, you know, 10, 20 degrees in one direction or another, that can be way too fast for plants to acclimatize, to adapt. Plants gradually adjust as temperature changes, and there's all kinds of signals that are happening as the season shifts. And where we see a lot of these, these problematic extreme weather events is at the, what I kind of call the transition season. So sort of late winter into early spring, or late summer into early fall, or kind of late spring heading into summer, where it's, it's a, sometimes you get it's a little bit cold, but then it's starting to warm up. And if we get one of those beautiful years where, say, we're starting with maybe it's been a cold winter, maybe we've had some snow, we've had some frosts, but it's a nice, slow, gradual warming trend. You know, we start out with nights in the 30s and 40s, and then it starts to go up into the, you know, high 40s, low 50s. And then gradually it's, you know, well, that's probably as good as we get out here. But still, you know, it just is a gradual adjustment. And the daytime temperatures too. Maybe you get a 70 degree day, but mostly, you know, springtime it's hovering, maybe high 50s, maybe, you know, mid to high 60s, somewhere in that neighborhood. And that's a really comfortable temperature transition. And I just want to say all the temperatures I'm talking about here are Fahrenheit. Um, just if for some reason you're a Celsius person, we're talking Fahrenheit. Um, so anyway, the, those temperatures, the gradual increase or decrease of temperatures allows plants to slowly adjust. Um, it warms up the soil. Those are triggers for different seeds to germinate, for leaves to start popping out, for plants to start waking up in the spring or going to sleep in the fall. And these are things, it's also timed to hours of daylight. Those are things that trigger plants. But temperature is a really big one. 
And as long as those transitions are, you know, fairly gradual and kind, it's okay. But when you get these spikes, that's when we start to have problems. And what I've seen in recent years, you know, it's, it, it seems to almost be expected now that at some point in the spring, we're going to have a heat spike. You know, it's going to have been, you know, low 60s, low 60s, low 60s. Then all of a sudden it's in the high 80s. That's a huge jump for a plant to make. Or you might have, you know, it's been mild, it's warming up, it's warming up. And then suddenly it's like back down into the mid 30s. And if a plant has already started to wake up, it's sending out its new tender leaves. And then all of a sudden it gets frozen. That can be terrible for that plant. It can cause a lot of damage. Cold and heat extremes just cause a lot of damage to plants. It can sometimes kill them. It can definitely make them unappealing, unattractive. It can burn leaves. It can, you know, or, and burning, you can burn from freezing too. So it basically the leaves just look dead. And what can we do? There are tools that we have to be prepared. And what I'm learning here on my farm, and this is something that I, I talk to other farmers about as well, and I think it's really something for gardeners to be mindful about as well, because we're seeing this happen more and more. So I just have things on hand to help me cope when I know these things are coming. And it sometimes it's tools, sometimes it's, it's resources like, you know, um, row cover fabric, um, kind of fabric blankets to put over your plants when it gets cold or shade cloth to put over plants or over greenhouses when it's starting to get hot, mulching, watering, thinking about all of those things. And if we're prepared beforehand, if we know maybe it's never going to happen, maybe one of these years we'll have a, a full 12 months where we don't have any of these crazy extreme temperature jumps, but it, it just feels like I don't know. I think this might just be where we're at these days. And so being prepared for it is really going to help you help your garden, help your plants make it through these kind of rough transition times until everything can settle down and um, and then keep growing, hopefully for the rest of the year, because sometimes just that one day can make all the difference in the world. There's a word that I'm going to use in talking about heat events with um, annual plants, and this is called bolting. And when we talk about plants bolting, what we're talking about is, so an, an annual plant is a plant that has a, a one season life cycle. And that, that can be, sometimes plants will go from seed to seed, you know, it'll you know, germinate, grow, flower, set seed within, you know, less than two months. And sometimes they'll go for six months or, you know, almost a whole year. Um, but it's a it's an annual plant. It's not a perennial. It's not going to come back once it dies. And when flowers, when when it starts to flower, um, and this is usually what we're talking about with crops um, where we like to eat them. Um, maybe it's a leafy green. Maybe it's an herb. And you want the leaves. So this could be lettuce. It could be arugula. It could be chard or kale. It could be basil. Any of those things that are that are a little bit more, um, well, kale's pretty hardy, but the other ones are a little more tender, maybe not quite as long-lived. Cilantro is another notorious one here too. When they start to flower, 
they're trying to fulfill their life cycle. They want to set seed and then die, you know, reseed themselves. And then they've kind of fulfilled their whole purpose as a plant. And we don't want them to do that. And there's lots of things that can happen that will make a plant bolt. But one thing that can really make a bolt is an extreme heat event. And so if you have lettuce in your garden, if you have other, you know, arugula, leafy greens that you've just sowed, if you've got some nice looking cilantro or, you know, some basil that you're growing and you're tending and you're really excited about it, and then all of a sudden it's going to be 100 degrees. You definitely want to try and protect those plants to try and keep the heat off them so that they don't have this kind of extreme freak out and just think, oh my goodness, I'm dying. I have to flower and then I'm done. So when we're talking about heat and, and I'm, I'm recording this at a time where, uh, I'm, this is pre-recorded, so, this, so if you're listening to this, it's not live. And I'm anticipating a very hot weather over a weekend. Um, but when you're listening to this, the very hot weather will have happened. And so I hope everybody's plants were okay this past weekend. hope we all made it through. Um, and I just, there are things you can do. So if your plants made it through, then think about this as, cool, you did some good stuff, be vigilant, pay attention, be prepared for the next time. If you had a bunch of things die, just know it's part of gardening. Plants are always going to die. And there's things you can do to be prepared. So shade, if you can give your plants some shade. And the cool thing about if you're growing plants in containers, you can move those plants around unless they're in huge containers, in which case you might have to bring the shade to them. But, but this can be things like, you know, uh, patio umbrellas or pop-up tents or any kind of thing that you can contrive to give those plants some shade. It could be sticking bamboo poles in those containers and then draping burlap or um, some other kind of cloth over them. You can actually buy shade cloth, which is a woven black fabric. Um, it's kind of denser than bird netting, and it does create a shade effect, and you can um, find it online. So if you want to sort of have a roll of that or have some pieces of that, you know, wrapped up and stored in your garage just in case this is going to come because you've got some precious plants. Maybe they're hydrangeas. Maybe they're, oh, just some other beautiful plants that you don't want to have that burnt effect on if we're going to have one of those really hot days. It might be worthwhile to invest in some of that and always have it on hand so you can bust it out when we're going to have one of those hot events. Any kind of shade that you can contrive. And this could be, you know, if you've got an umbrella, if you have your plants are out in the garden and you can't move them around, maybe bring the shade to them. Bring your umbrella, bring your pop-up tent, you know, try to, you can get some of that woven, oh, kind of bamboo. It comes in rolls or like, um, oh, it's reeds. I don't know what I'm trying to describe, but sometimes it's like kind of a fencing thing that people you can get at, at landscape stores or garden stores. And you can use that to try and contrive some shade. Anything that's going to keep that direct sun off the plants, off those leaves, especially if the leaves are fairly tender, if they're newly transplanted. That's when plants are at their most vulnerable um, because they don't yet have a very extensive root system to pull water from in the soil. So think about your plants, think about what's most vulnerable, what's most tender. If you only have a limited amount of shade that you can contrive, 
focus it on the things that are the most vulnerable are the most likely to get burned. Another thing to do is is water them well before the heat event happens. And I would say it's it's really good to water early in the morning if you know the day is going to be really hot because that gives plants time to absorb the water, to soak it up, to bring it up into their roots, to have it them feel well watered before the heat of the day really kicks in. And something to think about Plants often respond to extreme heat by kind of fainting, by collapsing. They, their leaves kind of get limp and they, they look like they're dying. And it's really hard to not freak out. It's really hard to not like, oh my gosh, my, you know, my kale, my lettuce, my whatever plant it is, you know, my, my squash plants, everything, the leaves just collapse and they look awful. And sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and go, that is the plant responding to this heat. And that is what plants do when it's really hot out, their leaves kind of collapse and they, they're conserving their moisture. They're, they're pulling their moisture back into the core of the plant which does make those external leaves get kind of limp, but that's the plant's way of responding to that high heat. And if you wait, if you just are patient and wait, if you know you've watered those plants, you know you gave them a good soaking that morning. So just trust that there's moisture in the soil, the plant's accessing it, it looks kind of terrible, but if you come back later in the evening after things have cooled down, I bet you're going to find that those leaves have perked up again, and they look okay. You can maybe give them another drink at that point, but just trust that that's a, the plant knows what it's doing, and it's, that is the plant's way of trying to respond to being just extremely hot. I mean, think about how we feel when all of a sudden it's, you know, 100 degrees, and it's been, you know, maybe in the high 60s, and then all of a sudden, woof. I feel like that too. I completely relate to my plants when they're looking like that. I feel like I'm fainting as well. And all I want to do is go get in the shade. I want to get out of the sun. I want to get in the shade. I want to drink some water. And your plants kind of want that too. Unfortunately for plants, they can't just get up and walk over to a shady area. You know, we're not living in a Lord of the Rings universe where the trees can walk and move and and go find some shade if it's really hot. Our plants are stuck where they are. They're stuck where we planted them. And we need to help them get through. Another thing to think about in helping your plants get through extreme weather events, these extreme and abrupt um, temperature changes, is mulching really well. And this is something you want to do at planting time. And mulching, and this is using a, a, a kind of compost. Sometimes people mulch with bark chips. That can be okay too. Generally, you're using something like a compost, which is a decomposed organic matter. And and top dressing your soil with a nice compost or organic matter. And what that does, especially in the summer, it helps hold in moisture. It helps prevent the soil moisture from evaporating rapidly. It's just a, a layer that's kind of holding that moisture in. And that helps the plants you know, survive better because you're helping to keep moisture in the soil. It also can help prevent weeds. It helps add organic matter to the soil. So it's good for a lot of different reasons. 
but mulch is a really great way, again, to help your plants maintain a steady level of moisture in the soil, which is going to help them get through. It also helps in the wintertime um, if you have plants that are maybe, they're perennial, but maybe they're a little tender perennial. Maybe sometimes they die back, but then the crown of the plant is, is where they're ending up storing all their energy. Sometimes it's really helpful to mulch around the crown of that plant or mulch around the root zone of that plant so that there's a thick layer, you know, in the cold months, it acts as a blanket. It acts as insulation to help those vulnerable roots not be quite so close to the surface and not quite so vulnerable to freezing. So mulch is great year round. And if you don't have access to, to compost um, or you just can't afford to buy bags of it, everything's so expensive these days and I totally get it, you know, it can be grass clippings. Um, bearing in mind that you only, only, only ever want to use grass clippings as mulch on your plants if you do not spray your grass with any kind of weed killers or anything like that because all you're going to do is transfer those chemicals over onto your plants. I mean, don't do it anyway. Just stop using those chemicals. <laughs> Just stop it. But if you don't, um, grass can be a really great mulch. So when you mow your lawn, bag it, and then use those grass clippings to go mulch around your plantings and that will start to it'll break down. But in the meantime, it will act as mulch. Um, like I mentioned, bark chips, it can be dry grass, sticks and branches that you break up, any kind of organic matter. Um, as you're pulling out spent annuals, chop them up fine and use those to mulch. Anything that's adding that layer, top layer of organic matter to the soil that's going to help hold moisture in. A thing to think about that moisture is watering and when do you water and how do you water. Um, I'm a big fan of drip irrigation as a way of watering because it gets the water to the plant's roots. You're not doing a big overhead spray. You're not damaging plants or flowers, getting water on their leaves. There's a lot of plants that don't like getting their leaves wet. And whether it's um, because it, it causes powdery mildew or it can cause fungal problems or whether it's just aesthetically unpleasing, um, it's still a good good idea to not overhead water if you don't have to. And if this is the only way you can water, then that's the way you're going to water. But if it's possible for you to um, invest in some drip irrigation, it can be drip tape, it can be soaker hoses, any of those things, it's a really smart idea because it does help you use less water and water more strategically at the base of plants. And, and again, this is a really good thing to do before, if you know that a, a heat event is coming, giving your plants a nice, good, deep soak early in the morning or of the, the day when you know it's going to get hot or even the evening before, if that's what you can do, um, give them a nice, good soaking and and then just trust that hopefully they're going to get through. You know, we just don't know, but because um, you never know how hot it's going to get and you never know how your plants are going to respond. But hopefully if you're if you're giving them the best shot, 
they're going to make it through because it's an investment. Gardens are an investment. And, you know, you spend money on plants, you spend money on seed, you spend money on invest on amendments and all of these things. And you want it to pay off. You want to get a return for it. And the return might be food that you eat. The return might be flowers that you like to cut and make bouquets for your house. The return might simply be the joy of having a beautiful garden. But if you're going to spend all that time and energy and money building a garden, doing these things, try and have some strategies on hand to help your garden weather these weather events. <laughs> because I really do think that they're just going to keep happening. And again, being being aware of it and being prepared. Pay attention to weather um, predictions. Pay attention to you know, weather apps. If you have a smartphone and you can keep a weather app on your phone, I check them all the time now. I'm always checking them. And sometimes it's just terrifying. Like, oh my gosh, look at what's coming. Oh no. And I immediately start to think, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? How do I strategize? How do I make sure that I have time to water? What's going to need the most water? When do I do that? And it just helps to know what's coming. You know, talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends. If you have gardeners in your life, check in with them and, and ask questions about how do they deal with it? How do they respond to these things? Gardeners are, are so generous usually with their information and are a wealth of knowledge. And so if you're, if you're a newer garden gardener, maybe you're not as confident about how to do some of these things and you see someone in your neighborhood who's got a really great garden and really seems to know what they're doing, if you see them out working in, your gar in their garden, stop and ask some questions and ask them what they do when they know that heat's coming. Ask them how they deal with things. Ask them, you know, what they do with all their container plants. And I do want to emphasize again that container plants are some of the most vulnerable plants when we're talking about extreme weather events. And that can be either heat or cold because that whole root system is up above the ground. So it's vulnerable to cold in the winter. It's vulnerable to heat drying out in the summer. And that plant is kind of trapped in that container. Its roots can't get out. It can't access any moisture in the soil. Um, it can't protect itself and, and go find a warmer spot. You know, when we get really cold in the wintertime, you know, put on a sweater, put on a hat, wrap a scarf around yourself, put some socks on, go inside, turn the heat on, light a fire. I mean, if you're fortunate enough to have access to all of those things, that's a way of dealing with the cold when we get cold. But again, our plants can't do that. They can't put a sweater on. They can't put on a pair of woolly socks. We have to help them. And we have to be mindful of the plants that we're growing and what conditions we're putting them in. So think about your containers. Think about where you've got them. Think about are there places you can put them where they're not going to be so exposed to either extreme cold or extreme heat? Or are there ways that you can move them? If you do have big, heavy containers, maybe think about putting them on um, a little rolling platform so that it is easier to move them into a, a place of shade if we get a really hot day or into a more protected place if we're going to have cold weather. Those are just things to think ahead about and not be thinking about it the morning of the day when it's supposed to hit 90 degrees. 
You know, you want to be thinking about it months ahead of time. You want to be thinking about it when you're planting that container, when you're filling it with soil, putting the plant in it, watering it in, and thinking, whoa, what's going to happen if all of a sudden my deck gets blasted with heat or, you know, there's an ice storm? Just thinking ahead and anticipating what might go wrong can help you deal with things if they do. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, that won't ever happen. But if it does, you're ready for it. You've got a way to provide shade for your plants. You've thought about it. You know where your umbrella is. You know where your pop-up tent is. You know where you've got some sticks and some fabric that you can fabricate a shade over your plants. You know that you're going to water your plants early in the morning before you go to work, or maybe you're going to ask a friend to come over and water them just in case, or to check on them in the middle of the day if there's some new seedlings that you've just planted out and you're worried, I'm at work, but my plants might be dying. Maybe there's a friend who can come over and check on them and give them a little water in the middle of the day. Anything like that that can help you be prepared so that you're ready for it when that happens. And the result that ha- is going to be that you're going to have way less plant die-off. You're going to lose a lot less plants to any extreme event. You could be happier. I know I'm always happier when I make it through the season killing a minimum of plants. Um, I'm always going to kill something. I know that going into it. It's just part of growing plants, um, either for a living or just for pleasure. Things are going to die. It's not always going to work out. But it's so much more joyful, so much more pleasant, so much happier if you feel like you're working with your plants and you're giving them the best possible shot to survive. So these are just things that I think about a lot when I see that uh, a weather event is on its way, when I see freezing temperatures coming, when I see hot, hot weather coming. I want to think about these things watering, mulching, shade, frost protection, any of those things, have them on hand. Think about where you're planting your plants. I mean, that's another thing to think about too. If you have a plant that is consistently getting burned by hot sun every summer, and it's really frustrating. I see this happen a lot with hydrangeas. They're so beautiful, but gosh, when they get hit by really hot sun, the flowers burn, the leaves burn, and they just end up looking terrible. So if that's consistently happening in your garden, maybe think about moving that plant to another place. You know, move it in the fall, don't move it in the heat of the summer, but think about maybe that's not the right place for that plant. And anything that we can do in our gardens to bring more balance, to help our plants survive and grow, it's gonna make you happier too. Your plants will be happy, you'll be happy, everyone's happy. And that's what we really want from our gardens. They bring us so much joy. They, they give so much to us with food, with flowers, with food for pollinators, wild bird habitat, whatever it is that you're getting out of it. You know, let's try and figure out how to weather these weather events in a positive way, in a thoughtful way and being prepared. And that's how we're going to get through this stuff. So I hope your plants survived the hot weather. And now you're going to be prepared for the next heat spike that's coming along because you know one of them is going to show up. And the next cold snap that happens because you know one of those is going to happen. 
think about these things in advance and be ready for it because you know what's coming, but you're going to be ready for it and your plants are going to get through. <laughs> I hope this has been helpful to you. It's helpful for me to remind myself this and uh, I really look forward to, to the next time we meet up and talk about plants and growing and wildlife because this is a beautiful region to live in. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.